Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester once again with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast. And I am so excited today. I have a really good friend of mine, Chrissy Metcalf. Uh, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, she's going to share her amazing story with you. And she is a, an amazing person, a light to this world, and just a good example. And you guys are going to love her story. I want to thank all of you for supporting this podcast. Um, it's just I pinch myself. I can't believe where we're at. And I want to thank our sponsor, Veracity Networks. Thank you for believing in me and uh, allowing this platform to share amazing stories to that inspire and help other people to feel like they're not alone. And Chrissy and I were just talking about that before we started here, how sharing our stories really helps others realize I'm not alone, you yeah. know? And so anyway, so Chrissy... Um, She's very passionate about volunteering. From her teenage years, she's always sought out opportunities to help those in need with Special Olympics, hospitals, uh, her kids' schools, and the most recent project, which we can talk about more, uh, helping at the in-between, which is a hospice for the homeless, which is really cool. Um, she's a past recipient of the Hearts and Hands Award, as well as, well as many other recognitions. Um, she has innate ability to make others feel at ease, which I can attest to. She really, truly does. She has a beautiful smile and she feels, you know, makes people feel safe. Um, I love this. Um, she has been through a lot actually as well and overcome some personal traumas. And she says that uh, she's able to overcome those be by looking outward and helping other people. That's true. And I just thought that was really cool how you said that. And, uh, let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. So, you know, we won't get into the details yet, but how is that helpful for any of us to help reach out and, you know, look beyond ourselves? Well, I think anytime you're able to step out of your own life and really serve other people, you know, it just, it lifts you up. It doesn't matter right. what you do. I mean, it's just like magic. Yeah. And so I figured that out a long time ago. Wow. Um, I, yeah. So. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, just reaching out and helping others. And I think this is one of the reasons why I do this uh, here is this is part of us reaching out and you're, you're going to, you're going to touch thousands and thousands of lives with your story today and people, you're going to love it. Um, so let's get a little background on you. Where did you grow up a little bit about your family and yeah. So kind of I grew up in Southern California in um, the Valley in studio city. Really? And yeah. Okay. And um, <laughs> so I had, so let me start off. So my, my mom told me I was really smart as a little kid. Like she said I could speak in full sentences by the time I was like a year and a half. Okay. And I didn't like have like a baby voice or a lisp or anything. I just spoke really clear. Yeah. And I like to talk, which not a lot has changed. <laughs> That's um, true. <laughs> so, and I made really good observations. So I, yeah. I knew that at an early age. And so I, I just was always thinking I was really smart. I had really high self-esteem for a little kid sure i um i like to visit people it was kind of weird but i would visit my neighbors like without an adult really so i would kind of wander my neighborhood knock on people's doors and just like talk to them and they would let me in and <laughs> so i made a lot of friends that were older ladies i assumed they were older they seemed older to me they didn't have small kids at home right so i made friends with some of my neighbors i would visit a lady that had a dog and she would let me pet her dog and give me oh, donuts. Wow. And there was a lady that lived like kind of a kitty corner to my house. And she, I don't know what these people did for a living. I was so little when I was visiting them. And 
she had like a lot of like wild animals that she would like put back together squirrels and like crows that were injured (laughs) and so she'd let me look at her animals and yeah so i i really was like out wandering a lot so very confident it sounds yeah 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 so um fast forward i i did a lot of wandering my neighborhood i talked to a lot of strangers and (laughs) i ended up getting molested because of that, yeah. because you had wandered into yeah. obviously a, yeah. someone that took advantage of this yeah. innocent girl coming yeah. around. And I was probably four, I would imagine. It was okay. before kindergarten. Oh, wow. So, um, and I knew that, that, that I knew it was wrong. And, um, but I mean, it continued. It, it didn't, it, it wasn't like a one-time thing. It was like an ongoing problem for me. Okay. And I finally, at one point, worked up the courage to to tell my mom what had been going on because I was scared, confused, you know, all those things that happened when you're young and that happens to you. So I ended up like working up enough courage. I remember like having a, like, I've got to do this. I've got to stop this, you know? Yeah. And, um, so, so I went in, yeah. Well, real quick, so you were in fourth grade when it happened? No, I oh, was four. Oh, you were four years old? Four or five, oh, yeah. Wow. It was right before okay. I went to started school. So this, I was little. So um, you said it continued. It was was this person, were they just saying, hey, kind of keep coming back to the yeah, house kind of thing? I'm pretty sure I wasn't the only kid involved. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not pretty sure. I am sure that it yeah. wasn't just me. Right, um, okay. So it was just like, you know, something going on in the neighborhood that, and how long did it continue before you started building up the courage to say something to your it, mom? Uh, time is so weird when you're little. I know. I couldn't tell. It had, who knows, like maybe six months. Okay. I don't know. So you it went know. on for a, for a while. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Because yeah, okay. I was, you know, super confused and, right. you know, not sure what was going on. So I went in to talk to my mom. She was, I to, this is like burned in my memory. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went in to talk to her. She was getting ready in the morning, um, in her bathroom. And I know I didn't come right out and like make an intelligent, you know, I didn't have an intelligent conversation with her about what was, I, I didn't know what to call it. Sure. So I just kind of described what was going on Uh and she was busy. She was trying to get ready to leave for somewhere. Yeah. I know I didn't like, I know I wasn't making sense completely. Yeah. And she totally blew me off. Told really? me, yeah, she's like, you got to get out of here. You know, I was talking too much and she was trying to get ready and she, I annoyed her. And so she scooted me out of her bathroom and didn't, wow. d- didn't like ask me any questions, you know, hindsight. And my mom doesn't even remember this conversation. Let me just say that she doesn't right. have any memory of me doing this. And if it, you know, as a mom, I would be like, what did you just say? But you yeah, know, right. hindsight's yeah. totally different. So in my mind, I was like, Oh crap. This isn't, she's not going to do anything. Right. And I was like completely devastated in my little mind. And I was like, what am I going to do? Yeah. Cause you're going to someone that you're thinking mom's going to make everything right and better. Yeah. And then you, you get this kind of a brush off. I did. I got a total brush off. Wow. Did, did you end up trying to talk to her again about no. it or did you just close off Closed and kind of shut down completely? I not only like shut down, but I honestly started to not like her, which is kind of weird. But um, well, you were hurt. Yeah, for sure. So I I distinctly remember just being like, "All right, I'm done. I'm done with you," at like five, which is right. crazy. 
Right. But, um, but again, you know, you're looking for help and for yeah. some safety and, and now all of a sudden you feel like, yeah. again, like we were talking about before you felt probably alone. Yeah. Totally alone. Now, after you had told her, had it still continued? Oh, yeah. So it still was going yeah, on. Even I was stuck. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was totally stuck. Did you feel threatened by this person? I don't remember. Do you remember I, where? Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I don't. I'm sure I was, but I don't like have a distinct memory of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I do remember like 90% of what happened, you know, um, but I don't remember like feeling threatened at all, but okay. I'm sure I was right. on some level. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I never tried to tell her anything again. So I just, I didn't know what to do. Did she ever try to maybe even talk to you later down the road? No. Like, like, is there something wrong or none of that? No. Okay. Wow. No, I grew up in the seventies and eighties and I think it just was a different time. Yeah. You know, definitely like, and my mom seemed preoccupied most of the time. Um, do you think maybe, and again, I know we're, we're going back here in hindsight, whatever, do you think maybe your mom did kind of hear what you were saying, but it was so scary to her to, to like, I don't even want to go there in her, her own mind. So if I ignored it, it didn't happen. It's possible. Yeah. I'm I just mean, saying, yeah. you no, know, cause I I've mean, heard I've, that's I've happened. Thought that. yeah, yeah. I've thought that over the years. Um, I've talked to her about it a few times. Um, and she's, you know, she's like, I don't remember that, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure what I blurted out was really strange and odd sure. and warranted a question or two yeah but yeah i'm sure it freaked her out and yeah so how talk about kind of like what did your day look like at that time i mean did you wake up feeling scared did you walk around did your confidence start to wean oh yeah you know did you start to kind of shut down almost totally like it totally changed me so by now i've started school and i did okay in school until about second grade and I, I co- was constantly daydreaming. I mean, this is all mm-hmm. I thought about as a kid. Like, yeah. what am I going to do? And how am I, you know, what's wrong with me? And now I'm broken and something's wrong. And I mean, there were other things that happened in the neighborhood too that just kind of reinforced like there's something wrong. You know, um, we had, there was a lot of older kids in my neighborhood. I don't remember there being a lot of kids my age Uh there were a couple but mostly I hung out with older kids and there was some boys that were really just awful they were they would kill baby birds in my neighborhood like Mm. right in front of us as kids we they would hold seances and it would scare the crap out of me so like all this is going on and then I've got this other trauma heaped on top and so by the time I hit second grade I could not concentrate sure all I thought about was like how awful my life was really on the daily. And I so I started cheating in second grade. That was the only way I could really? get through. Yeah. We were learning like phonics or something and uh-huh. whatever program my school had, like the answers were in the book. And so I would just flip to the answers, copy it all down and turn it in. Right. And so I wasn't learning. I was just like cheating. Yeah. And that was hard. Cause I knew that that was wrong. I just kept doing things that I knew were wrong. Like I was told, like, don't cheat. We don't do this. Right. You know, there's like a list, sure. like 10 of them. <laughs> yeah. And I was starting to have problems with a lot of them. And so that was just piling on my little brain. Um, we moved uh, when I, in third grade. So we moved out of that neighborhood um, and moved into a different part of the valley. 
Okay. And so I started a new school. I my parents put us in private school at this point. Okay. I'd been in public school. And so there we had to wait for an opening. And so I started at the public school like at the beginning of the school year, my 3rd grade year, and then I my parents got the call that there was a spot. So I switched schools kind of like in October, okay. November probably. Yeah. So the school had already started and I already was like feel you know, I I felt weird. Yeah. I was still really outgoing and friendly, but I was like I felt like a fraud even in 3rd grade. I felt Jeez. like the biggest fraud and it's a weird feeling when you're a kid to feel like this is just a liar i was just a liar man did so when you moved is that did that stop the abuse at that time because you were now no longer around that guy yeah wow um and still nothing talked about with the family never Never. Mm -hmm. did you act out in other areas i mean you were cheating um you walked around feeling like you're a fraud were there other things as well that that you saw, you noticed that were, I don't know, that led to irrational behaviors oh, or yeah, things like that? yeah, totally. I <laughs> turned into like the naughty kid at school because I mm-hmm. felt dumb. I missed some key concepts. And it's so sad because I started out thinking I was so smart. And then I just Man. was crushed and felt like an, just dumb. Wow. And that the only way for me to get through life was just to cheat. And so I was kind of naughty at that school. Mm-hmm. I, um, I remember getting spanked by the principal in fourth grade for doing something stupid in the girl's bathroom. I mean, I just right. was like in trouble all the time. Yeah. And I think I, you know, looking back obviously and with some hindsight and some like just, I was just acting out, you know, right. just trying to take pressure off myself. Just the, the thought, internal thoughts I was having were just so yeah. sad. Did you ever, I mean, you're, yeah, you're probably starting to feel sad at this point at times, you know, Again, thinking that something's wrong with you, that you were broken. Did that lead to where you felt depressed um, as you got older? Because, I mean, you're in elementary school, then you get to junior high, and junior high is a minefield for all of us, right? Oh, junior high is where it fell apart. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about that. Okay, and so, you get to junior high and kind of what was going on. Yeah, at that I'm time. sure I had depression. I know I had anxiety, <laughs> but no one used those words when I was a kid. Right. It was just something, I don't even remember what they called it, but I remember feeling like anxious and depressed. And, yeah. Um, so I get to middle school and I'm still at the same school and it was the summer between seventh and eighth grade. I'd made some new friends, um, that didn't go to school with me, but they lived in my neighborhood. And so we started hanging out that summer and I was over at a friend's house and we were in his garage, like, I don't know, just looking around and we found wine in a box. His mom had bought a bunch Mm. of wine in a box. Uh And so we were we all were like, well, we should drink it. So that was the first time I ever got drunk. I was 13. Okay. And um, we had, I mean, I remember having a lot of fun. We thought it was like the best thing that ever happened to us. Right. And I was a fun seeker because I was so miserable. Yeah, you wanted. In my mind that that was like what made me feel good. Yeah. So I looked for anything that was fun. And so, which led to a lot of bad decisions. Sure. Because it wasn't like good fun. Right. It was like the bad kind of fun. Yeah, which so, made it probably even more enticing mm-hmm. knowing that I know I shouldn't be doing this, but you know, there's a rush to this. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that became like our weekend thing. Um we just would raid his parents' alcohol cabinet. I had other friends who's who had lots of alcohol in their house and we would all just get drunk on the weekend. And um so 
school suffered even more. Yeah. I remember um, in eighth grade, my best friend and I decided we'd switch schools again. I don't know what my fascination was with switching schools, but <laughs> I did it a lot. Okay. So eighth grade eighth grade we decided we we're going to go to a different high school because the school i was in was like kindergarten through 12th oh okay so i left and so eighth grade they had like a little graduation ceremony i knew i was failing classes right um and so we i go through the whole ceremony and they like had passed out diplomas like rolled up and i get we get to the end and we're all enrolling our things and mine's completely blank because i failed eighth grade oh, at that man. point and so i was like what? You're like, I was like <laughs> mortified. Like my yeah. friends all had like their certificate with their name on it. Mine's blank. Wow. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm such a loser. I'm just the biggest loser. How was your, your parents at the time handling that? I mean, they, they probably know at this point that something's off with you. Yeah. You know, you're, you're doing, love, you're doing some crazy things. You're failing school or. I would love to say they were plugged into any, they just weren't. They I just mean, weren't. we kind of okay. just did, I just did my own thing. Okay. I was now, by now I had like had a really horrible relationship with my mom. Right. Very combative. I was aggressive and mean. And so I scared my family, quite frankly, right. with my behavior. And so okay. nobody wanted to like confront me. Um, my dad thought it was funny that my diploma was blank. I remember him thinking that's really? the funniest thing he ever saw. Yeah, they never mm -hmm. took anything serious. It was really weird. So were they kind of, and you know, I'm not not trying to bash on your no, parents, no. but no were judgment. they were they kind of checked out? Oh yeah, just like completely. Do your thing. Yeah, and that's probably where we're like, you know. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't remember having. I know I'm like probably exaggerating because I'm sure if you talk to my mom and dad, they'd be like, you had rules, but I don't remember having rules. I just remember doing whatever I wanted. Or there were no, there and you're just and like, just I'm not like, following whatever. them. <laughs> and no one enforced any. Okay. So, and it yeah. was like that for my other siblings too. I mean, we just did whatever we wanted. Yeah. Um, now, where where did you fit in the siblings? Were you the oldest, I'm youngest, the middle? Second. Second. Okay. And then I have, so I have an older brother and okay. two younger sisters. Gotcha. Now, what, now, did, how was that dynamic? Were they kind of doing the same things you were doing? My brother or were you, was. Okay. My brother was. Yeah. He was he was off the rails too. Okay. Um, and yeah. not so much my sister. And then I have a baby, baby sister that came along when like we're 10 years apart. So oh, she's okay. like a separate family almost. Yeah. You're so, almost like an aunt to her. <laughs> totally. So, um, yeah, my, my, the next youngest sister, she had some problems, but nothing like me and my brother. Okay. So. Did, were you close to your brother? Did yeah. you do things with your brother um, that, I mean, sometimes. did you drink or things like yeah. that with him? Yeah, or? we partied sometimes. Okay. Yeah. He was way worse than I was. Okay. Um. But he, he didn't do his, I mean, he, he didn't, he did okay in school. He did better than I did. Right. I don't know what, ha I mean, I don't know. What, I know what happened. I just wasn't plugged in when it was right. time to learn. Right. So I end up switching schools again, which okay. gives me like a whole new friend group. Right. So I have, I have, I had a lot of friends because I had so many different schools. So were you still being kind of that outgoing oh, yeah. kid where yeah, you're yeah. like talking no, to everybody? No, I talked to everybody. I was uh, like super fun. So you had a lot. And, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> I had a lot of, so I end up at this new school. I have a lot of connections because the friends that I had made that summer between seven and seventh and eighth grade, um, we, they, they just knew how to get stuff. Right. And so I end up at another school, another private school. And 
I was the girl that knew how to like get stuff. So I would bring my friends, my old friends to their parties. They'd bring drugs. And um, so I was very well connected. And probably ninth grade is when I started using drugs. I started with marijuana. um, And I probably only smoked it on the weekends, kind of was just partying on the weekends at that point. Yeah. And then by, by 11th grade, I was like heavily involved in, I did a lot of cocaine, a lot of like acid and shrooms, smoked mm. pot every day wow. and found myself the, well, let me back up. So I went to this school for ninth and 10th grade and I okay. cheated, got caught, got in trouble was like, I got to get out of this school. It's not working for me anymore. Mm-hmm. Not because I it was I had a lot of friends, but I was just ready to move on. Right. So I talked my parents into letting me go to my the public school in my neighborhood. And they're like, okay. So I end up there. And that's where my friends were that I had met way back in seventh grade that I first started partying Oh, with. that's right. They were all at this high school. Those, gotcha. They stayed and went to that. So I was like, this is going to be great. So I show up 11th grade. Um, My group of friends met outside the school at what we called the side gate. And we never went in. I mean, we would like figure out what we were going to do for the day outside of the school. Mm. And it rarely entailed going into school. Occasionally we got caught out there and they'd march us in. But usually we just made plans for the day from there. Mm. And it would be like the beach, somebody's house that the parents weren't home. And we do, we drink and do drugs. Wow. And I got to the end of 11th grade with just straight F's. And I knew I wasn't going to finish school. And so I, so that summer they're like, she needs to go to summer school. And I was like, so I signed up for that, never went. (laughs) And by the time it was like my senior year, I, um, I dropped out like a month into school. I was like, there's yeah. no point in me being here. Wow. So um, I just quit going altogether. I wasn't even driving to the school at that yeah. point. I was just sleeping in. I started partying every day. Um, I'd just wake up around noon, call my friends. Yeah. Um, by now I had like an, I had a friend group that was like a bunch of different ages. Like I had a lot of friends that were older. Right. Um, I had a couple friends that were my age that dropped out too, and but most of them are older, and okay. so we just. Well, so, you know, you're you're here. You're partying with your friends. You're not going into the school, and I'm sure when you were with your friends, everything was great and fun. You guys are screwing around, have you know, doing your thing. But when you were alone, when you would you know, because we. See, we can all put on a mask that oh, yeah. everything's great. I'm oh, yeah. fine. Everything's fine. I, yeah, I love partying. I love. I don't care about school. But when you get alone, talk about that for a minute. Like, what was going through your mind? How did you feel in, in at this time? It was horrible. Mm-hmm. I was. It was horrible. I felt horrible. I felt so bad about myself. I had periods where I was. Um, I had a lot of suicidal thoughts. Mm. I never made a plan to kill myself. Uh-huh. Um, it never went that far, but I had a lot of days where I was like, I don't want to wake up. Right. I just don't want to get up. I don't want to, I hope I'm not here tomorrow. Um, I, I honestly was never serious about it, but I had plenty of time, plenty of days, more days than not where I was like, I want to be done. Yeah. I want to be done. I just want to be done. I want to, wow. I want this to all go away. Wow. And so I, I felt 
so helpless most days. Um, but you know, the, I could get rid of it really quick as soon as I got with my friends, those, you know, and I was stoned. I was fine. Yeah. You know, I felt fine. I thought I was fine. Obviously I was not, I was a wreck, but it took the edge off it. It made life doable for me. Did you ever reach out to anyone even at that time? Or were you still like, I'm not talking to anyone about this at this no, point? No, I never said a word. Just, I didn't even tell my friends. I didn't tell anybody. Just kind of No, I just it stuffed in. it down. I thought it was yeah. like so embarrassing and like so looking <clears throat> back, I, most of my friends probably have the same situation they were dealing with. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you know, we all found each other. Well, yeah. And as you're saying this, I can relate so much. Your story sounds a lot like mine. And, uh, and I think so many kids can relate and people who are hearing this podcast right now are going to go, oh yeah, I know what that feels like. We put on that mask, but inside we're, 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 we're in misery. Mis- like utter misery. I, I look back and I'm like, you know, trauma was the trigger. Trauma is what triggered every bad decision I ever made. Yeah. And it doesn't matter like what type of trauma. It can be horrific, but it can be small. Yeah. It can just be your parents not not clicking with your parents and them just leaving it, making a bad comment or just crushing your self-esteem. It doesn't have to be crazy trauma where you're like ruined. Right. It's any trauma. Yeah. That's a great point. I'm glad you point that out because as I'm listening to your story, if we go back and it's just interesting, you said, you know, you, you're, you, you were raised to believe that you were smart and boy, the confidence that gave you and you, and, and, innocent little girl doing her thing and you're going around and you're just introducing yourself to people and you fall into this dangerous trap that you weren't even aware of that was even there and that was traumatic but then you suffered even something even more not more but traumatic again when the response you got from your mom yeah or lack of response i think that was worse honestly yeah wow um for personally for me she had no clue but for me it just it it made me really angry and that created like a terrible home environment. My anger was really off the charts. Yeah. As a teenager, I was aggressive and Yeah. and crazy. Yeah. Toward it, her too, especially. Right. I and I had I, zero loving feelings for her as a wow. kid. Man. And um you know, and what I find too in your story as you like you said you were basically running from those tr- traumatic events the opposite direction you're just running from it drinking partying doing drugs dropping out of school not going to school doing all these things to try to like you said just trying to feel good because you didn't ultimately didn't feel oh yeah good. i was looking for fun yeah. that was definitely my high just yeah. fun anything fun and that could be dangerous crazy fun i mean i did a lot of crazy stuff right i put myself in a lot of really bad situations thinking it would be fun man well, let's let's jump ahead just a little bit. So you 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 don't graduate, I'm Mm-mm. assuming, from no, high school. I don't. So let's talk about that, and then kind of move yeah. forward, and and what led to, you know, maybe a change, and when things started to maybe change for you. Yeah. So yeah, I dropped out, um, and I like didn't do anything for like a year or two. I mean, I just my life was getting up. I barely worked. I don't remember. I mean, I had a job here and there, little part time jobs, but. <clears throat> My parents, bless their hearts, just would give me money. Right. And a car. There you and go. Yeah. like <laughs> I had a whole lifestyle that I didn't deserve based on just what mm-hmm. I was up to. 
Um, they knew I was drinking and doing drugs. I mean, they caught me so many times. Right. And my go-to was always like, it's not mine. It's my friends. And my mom just, it was just easier to believe that, you yeah. know, than really have to deal with what was going on. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of what happened. I ended up, um, starting to go to like community college. I'm like, well, I should probably do something that was, it's probably 19, yeah. maybe 20 when I was like, I, I should, I should enroll in junior college. So I did that. You don't need a high school diploma to do that. I found out. Right. Um, and then from there I was like, I should probably get my GED. Um, so I thought about that, but I was still just, just, I, I was probably a daily pot smoker mm -hmm. for a solid five years of my mm -hmm. life yeah. leading up into that. And that's just a very unmotivating. Yeah. It robs you of your passion. <laughs> it does. It really does. It does. <laughs> um, but I remember like in my laziness, I watched a lot of TV and I started watching Oprah when she came on the Oprah Winfrey <laughs> show, which is hilarious. But yeah, um, no. I remember like, it was like, a moment in my life where I was like, oh my gosh, it just clicked. She was doing a show and I couldn't tell you when it was, but it was pretty early on in her career. And it was still, the, it was like the eighties, maybe early nineties. And she talked about her abuse as a child. And that's the first time I had ever heard anyone talk about it like publicly. Mm. So she talked about being molested as a kid and being raped by a family member and like, I just was like, oh my gosh, I can't yeah. believe this happened to her. Yeah, you're and like, then, oh my heck, I, know, I can I'm relate like, with this. So I was like glued to her show from then on. I was just like, I got to listen to what she's got to say. And I remember one day she said, because let me back up, that I'm just, so because what happened to her, she talked about all the bad choices she had made as a teenager. And she she may have never said this, but this is what I heard. She said, um, it's not my fault. Like that happened to me and the choices mm. I made, they're not my fault. And I wow. heard that and I was like, wait a minute. Wow. Wait a minute. And it just clicked in my brain. I'm like, this isn't my fault. Cause I had a lot of guilt. Um, I've had, uh, just, I felt guilty all the time. And I thought I've ruined my life. I've ruined everything. Um, I can't get my parents to love me. How could God love me? Right. This person that I don't know, never seen. Yeah. Like that was such an abstract idea to me to yeah. think that there was a God that loved me that I just was like, I, that was so far from me. This thinking that there was some higher being that actually Caring. cared. Right. And so when she said that, I was like, it's not my fault. It was just, it rang true to me. Yeah. And I started, I just kind of filed that away. I, I don't want to say, I didn't change right then, but there was a lot of things that, little small things yeah. that happened that I would listen to and be like, oh, that makes sense. It's not my fault. I would have never chose yeah. what I chose right. had that not happened to me. Yeah. I really believe that. I don't think I would have done 90% of yeah. what I did if that didn't happen. Right. And so... Yeah. I, another thing that happened is when I was like 16, I don't know who wrote me into this, but I ended up, um, volunteering for the special Olympics. I like went through their training uh -huh. and their orientation and that feeling I had that summer that I volunteered for them was, is, was so powerful. It felt so good. It felt yeah, good. Right. Like I remember thinking, oh my gosh, this feels really good. And I, I rarely had good feelings. 
Right. Up until that point, I mostly had really bad ones. Right. And so I made a note of that, like, oh, this feels good. I like helping people. I like being around people. And so I filed that away. I filed away what Oprah said on her show one day. <laughs> and yeah, but I kept thinking about him. It kept coming back into my mind as I got older and as my problems got worse. I had an abusive boyfriend. Um, when I was 17 or 18, we met. And by the time I was 19, I was pregnant. And like, it was, I was, it was a miserable existence. I mean, I just was in the depths of like, yeah, all the stuff piled on you. Yeah. Yeah. I ended up having a miscarriage when I was 20 weeks pregnant, mm. which is crazy. Yeah. And I did that all by myself. Like my parent, my parents, my mom wanted nothing to do with that. And I ended up having to have a procedure that I got a friend to drive me, drop me off and someone picked me up. She was just like, I'm done. I can't deal with this. Right. And so after that happened, I was like, I've got to stop. This is, I can't do this anymore. I was so low thinking I had, I just was like, it was weird. Cause I was really low thinking, what mm -hmm. have I done? Right. And I was really like feeling free because I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm free. Like this isn't going to happen. Right. I'm getting another chance, a do over. And so I went on vacation with my parents. I still had the same boyfriend. He, we were in the worst toxic abusive relationship you could find. Yeah. And I, while I was out of town, I thought I've got to get, I've got to get rid of him, but I've got to get over him. Yeah. Cause I really, I felt like I loved him. Yeah. And so yeah, you're emotionally, attached, I was, I was totally sure. invested. It'd been like two or three years of yeah. being together. And so I just had this thought one night while I was on vacation. I'm like, I'm going to pray. And I, I wasn't a very religious person up into that. My family was, but I was definitely not. Yeah, I kind of skipped out. You were partying. Most of that. <laughs> I missed most of that. Sure. But I knew, I yeah. knew that I knew about it. And so yeah. I just thought, I had this thought I should just pray and ask to just be done with this relationship and to quit loving this person. Uh -huh. And so I was like, all right, I'll give it a try. So I was, I did that. And when I woke up in the morning, I like felt nothing. Wow. I felt nothing for him. And I was like free for the first time I felt like free. It was really weird. Yeah. I mean, I still had all my problems, right. but I had like this glimmer of like hope. Yeah. Like, okay, that worked. It worked. That yeah. worked. Something went right. And so I broke up with him and I literally never looked back. Now wow. he kind of became a stalker, but that's like a, that's, that's another, another story. That's another podcast. <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, um, <laughs> But I was like, I'm going to run. I'm going to take this second chance and I'm going to run with it and I'm going to get yeah. out of here. And I had met a friend. I had made a new friend somewhere in there. My timeline's so bad. And she was going to BYU and she's like, come live with me. Her boyfriend was on a mission. And so she talked me into it. And so I just moved in. We just moved. She was going back to school. I uh -huh. moved in with her. Yeah. I lasted till Christmas. And I was like, Oh yeah, I can't do this because honestly it came up here and partied. Right. So I hadn't like dealt with that. Yeah. So I like just came up to, 
Provo and partied with everybody. Yeah. And so by December I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Yeah. I was, I was feeling like I needed to change and that wasn't helping me at the time. So I think that was like nine, I think I was 20 when yeah. I did that. And so I moved back home and I was still, you know, still struggling. I was starting to do things. I was starting to make better choices with my life, but I was still like definitely partying way too much. Right. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I just thought there's gotta be something better and I don't like how I feel. Yeah. I started volunteering again. Um, my brother took me to a place he was working at and volunteering at, and it was a cerebral palsy center. So all the residents had cerebral palsy, some oh. varying degree. Okay. And so we would just go and visit and talk. And I right. was like, well, I can do that. I'm pretty good at that. Yeah. <laughs> so, <Yes you> are. <laughs> so I would just go and visit and talk and being with people that had bigger struggles than I did. Right. It, it, it helped me. And it, it helped me like realize that, that what I was doing was stupid and a waste of time. I look at yeah. these people that would give anything to get up and walk out and have a life and they're stuck in a wheelchair. They're stuck right. with a mind that works, but a body that right. doesn't. And yeah. I just felt like a jerk yeah. and a fraud. And so there were just little things that kept happening to yeah. me where I was like, I got I got to do something different. And, um, I don't know. There were just like little miracles. I think that happened in my life. Honestly, Todd, I had some missionaries show up looking for people. Right. And I, you know, it was just the right set that came. Yeah. Um, they were normal. They were quote normal. <laughs> and <laughs> I know what you mean. And, um, yeah. I don't know. They'd like, they're like, you should come to church with us. And I was like, yeah, I don't think so. But they kept doing that. And I was uh -huh. like, maybe I'll go. Maybe I'll yeah. just see what it's about. Yeah. And so I went one Sunday and I think the people in my ward were shocked <laughs> to see me there. Yeah, um, yeah they're like, whoa, whoa, look who just walked in. Yeah, it was kind of, <laughs> I felt like that. That yeah. was hard. Did um, you feel like you were kind of being oh, like judged? Like, oh, oh what's she not doing? Not being. Here? You were. Yeah. yeah you for know, sure. people just naturally do that. And yeah. So you just got to cut them some slack. But, yeah. Um, sure. so yeah, I just was like, well, I don't, it felt good. It felt good. And, mm -hmm. you know, I started thinking maybe, maybe God does love me and maybe, maybe he is, maybe he can be part of my life. Right. And so I, I don't know, that felt really good. And so I kept going. And before I knew it, I had decided to just quit everything. And I would love to tell you it happened like one time and done. Right. But it didn't. I mean. It usually never does. I know. I yeah. tried to cold turkey. I don't think I ever was addicted though. I want to say that. Like I don't remember ever having like this urge to do, like I had to do it. Like I can't function yeah, no, unless I, I don't, have a I drink. I don't think or... I've ever been addicted to yeah. drugs and alcohol. But it, it definitely took me probably about a year to get rid of it all. Um I hung on to that, to the mar to marijuana for, that was the hardest thing for me to quit. Right. Um, just cause that, that was such a part of my life. Yeah, it was a part of your daily routine. Yeah, it was, yeah. and that's what it was. It was just yeah. a habit. Yeah. It was, I did it with my friends. I had, Yeah. and then I, I had to figure out what to do with my friend group. Um, cause they all were still doing the same stuff. And, right. um, 
I tried to hang and I did, I, I still went and did stuff with them and I, I was totally up front. I'm like, I was like, I'm quitting all of this, you guys. And yeah, I'm going to go to this church thing and see how that goes. <laughs> and they're like, okay. They're like, you excuse do you. me. What yeah. did you do? Like, whatever you do you. Yeah. <laughs> so I decided with my sister, she was going to transfer to BYU and she's like, let's just go to Utah. We'll get away from everybody. And I was like, oh, do I want to do that again? This is like two years after I'd already tried okay. that. And, um, <laughs> but I don't know. We were just like, yeah, let's do it. So she transferred. I went to community college up here in Utah. And um, I don't know. By then I was totally sober and clean. And I had been for probably three months or more. Uh-huh. I felt really good. Right. But I was, you know, so I came up here and. Honestly, I never looked back. I, wow. I've never. It's amazing. I once I was finally done after my year of trying to be done. Yeah. I I've never picked up another. I've never touched it. I've Since. never had another drink. Wow. And it's been you know like twenty five six years ago. Yeah. Well, congratulations! Thanks. That's amazing. I I'm so just blown away. Honestly, I really am. It's a lot. Well, no, and you know, because I mean, I've known you for a long time, but I've never known all these details, and I appreciate you being so willing to share. Um, I think back when you said, so you were watching Oprah, and how she said, so here she is sharing her story, yeah, right, and she said one word, or a couple words, yeah, it's not your, it wasn't my fault, and you could relate because you're like, wow, it wasn't my fault either. It it rings so true, right? And w- the point I'm trying to make here is. Because she shared her story, look what it did to you and probably thousands of others. And that's what you're doing today. Yeah. You're sharing this. And I I know someone's going to hear this and go, wow, you know, it's not my fault either. And it just, I don't know, chokes me up. I'm just like blown away when you said that. It's what changed my life. It's silly to think it was Oprah, but (laughs) I mean, it's kind of funny. Shout out to Oprah, it. Yeah. And then I was hooked to her show and like, I don't know, it was so self-help all the time. And then Dr. Phil came on board and I was just like, yeah, but yeah, (laughs) it really, she helped, she changed my life. Honestly, that was the, the thought that entered my mind that was like, I can let this all go. I don't, I, I don't own any of this. It's yeah. not me. Yeah. Do you feel like, even though, I mean, I, I know the party and continued and you talked about that already. Do you feel like when you heard that, did you feel like you were almost could be healed from the traumatic events that happened when you were in, yeah. you know, four or five, yeah. six, seven years that's old? That's exactly what I heard. Like, okay. that's exactly how I felt. I okay. was like, first of all, I wasn't alone this happens to this happened to someone else no one talked about it so I, you, right. you just naturally think it's the, you're the only one yeah and i was like if it happened to her it's happened to millions of other people right and so i didn't i felt first i didn't feel alone and then she told me it wasn't my fault and that and i knew it wasn't my fault it was like i heard the truth for the first time yeah that i would have never made all those terrible choices yeah if it if if i really felt differently about myself yeah. or believed differently about myself. Yep. I really had just been listening to a lie about yeah. that. I kept telling myself over and over wow. and then would get reinforced. Yeah. Sometimes by my choices, sometimes by other people's choices, yeah. but it just kept getting reinforced. And so when I heard those words, it was freeing, man, 
you know, and that's the power of belief, you know, good or bad. If we believe something negative about ourselves, the story we tell ourselves, it just becomes our reality, you know, but, but it was a lie though. Even though you believed it, it was a lie. It wasn't the truth. It wasn't the truth. And so you hear, you hear that from Oprah and then you had that uh, experience with the cerebral palsy um, patients and how you were looking like, man, well, look at me. Why, why am I complaining? Yeah. Why am I struggling? Look at these people who are, you know, being positive and happy and, you know, so the, all these kind of little chipping, chipping away at your, you know, your tough exterior, so it to was. speak. It was a process. Yeah. It didn't happen like overnight, but looking back, I, I can find like defining moments in my life where yeah. something changed either for the negative or for the positive. And yeah. I can totally go back and pinpoint right where that happened and where my mind was like, oh, you don't have to believe that yeah, about yourself. For sure. Because that's not true. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things I teach my clients to this day is resentment uh, breeds rebellion. And it's almost mm. like you go talk to your mom about this at that age and you got the complete opposite of what you were expecting. You resented that. Yeah. And what did you do? You rebelled. Totally. And you just, and you went all the way in, in the other direction. And, uh, and it was just interesting that it's, it's so common and how powerful in a negative way a resentment can be, Yeah, you know? Oh yeah. And so it, I mean, obviously, you know, you, you come up here now and you're, you're, you, you move past all this. Did you still feel resentments towards the past, towards your mom at that time still? Yeah, for sure. You know, I had to work through that and ultimately come to a place where I talked to her about it, mm-hmm. realized that she just didn't understand what I was trying to tell her. And I had to accept that that was the truth. She would never intentionally seek to hurt me, right. you know? And so sure. they did the, my parents did the best they could. And yeah. I, that's what I tell myself. Yeah. And I ultimately had to just forgive Yeah. for my own self Yeah. and, and really put it down. Yeah. And not, you know, and don't pick that back up. I don't pick that up anymore. I yeah. have a good relationship with my mom. My dad passed away nine years ago. Yeah. Um, I had a great relationship with him. And I just kind of, there's no point in me holding on to that. Yeah. Because I don't, if you keep believing that, you're never going to be completely better. Right. You know, in order to be a whole person, you've got to really let it go. Yeah, you do. Forgiveness isn't for the other person, no, it's for you. It is. Yeah. I can I'm a believer in that. I can attest to that. It <laughs> for sure. Doesn't they don't even care. Yeah, they don't. No, and I, I love that. Um, you know, you're now I mean, you're a very positive, confident I mean, people who know you would say this. Confident po- and I know you I'm sure you have your moments behind the scenes. We but, all do, Todd. But we all do. <laughs> but you you are this powerful light, you're an influence on a lot of uh of, of children in our own neighborhood that we both live in. We yeah. live in the same neighborhood and, and you're, you're just a, this confident woman again and how, just talk about that now and how you kind of cultivate that now in your life. So I remember in my early twenties, I was like, what am I good at? I mean, I had so many failures that I tried to make a list of my talents and it was like looking pretty slim. Yeah. I was coming up short in my mind. Right. And so I was like, what am I good at? What, what are some things I'm good at? I just wanted to figure out who am I? I didn't know who I was. Yeah. Um, I had 
changed my, you know, what I believed about myself, but I still didn't know anything about myself. I had spent most of my childhood, all of my teen years, just in a total fog. Yeah. And so I just started to think about what, what am I good at? What, what are my talents? And I realized after talking to family and friends, like I'm really good at talking to strangers. Like strangers come up to me, my family jokes, because I'm like the family joke. Anywhere we go, people talk to me. It's weird. <laughs> they, cl- just... sometimes I reach out, sometimes I don't. And people right. still yeah. come up to me and want to talk. And, <laughs> and I'm all, yeah. and so anyway, I was like, well, people, I'm really good with strangers. I like to talk. That's never right. changed from the time I was little. Yeah. And I just looked for opportunities where my talents could be used. And for me, that's volunteering and serving people that I don't know. Yeah. That I then I become they become my dearest friends. Wow. So I just would always look for places that needed yeah. me. And for me with my like history, I look for people that are like me or still like were are still living how yeah. I was. And so um I did take time off and just work and volunteer in the schools when my kids were little. Sure. But as soon as that was over, I was like, I need to find new people that I can connect with. And yeah. um, I've just found that people that live on the margins or um, yeah. of society are my people. Yeah. So <laughs> that's where you'll find awesome. me most yeah. days. That's awesome. Um, I, I can relate. I know just from all the talking I do with people, everybody has a story that involves trauma that I've d- discovered that are en- end up in the situations where they're homeless. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of family abuse or childhood trauma, yeah. um, being abandoned. I mean, you name it. And then without any kind of help or change, you just, that's where you end up. Yeah. Um, so that's, those are the people I like. Yeah. That's awesome. So I, that's where I am now volunteering there. I also volunteer um, and have it for about the same amount of time. In fact, it was these guys at the U that told me about the in-between. I volunteer for a couple of professors there. We um, run a documentary film class where we okay. do about, they're about eight to 12 minutes long and we tell people stories. Okay. So cool. it's like a perfect fit for me. Right. So this is my fifth year doing that. And nice. um, it's also my fifth year at the in-between so I just go and I visit and yeah. talk to people make friends and that's awesome do what I like to do I, I still love it that's so cool uh, I think I couldn't agree more about you know giving giving it away to someone else helping someone else um, I love that um, you know if there's someone who's listening to this right now um, if there's someone being maybe they're in the middle of being abused even right now as they're hearing this, what what some advice that maybe you could give them, or if they know of someone who's being abused, what could they do to you know? You gotta tell someone, and if the first person doesn't want to listen, tell someone else. Right. It's so hard. That's the hardest part is working up that courage yeah. to like get it out. But the soonest, the sooner you get it out, the better off you are, and someone yeah. can help you. If especially if you're a child, right? Um, you gotta find an adult, a trusted adult. Right. Um, it's weird. I can, you, I can spot it now. Yeah. Um, I just know the signs and what it looks like just from living it. Yeah. And so if you can, you know, if you're someone that's dealing with that, um, tell someone and just know it's not your fault. Yeah. I love that. It's not your fault. 
Yeah. Powerful and word. And choices that you've made that are bad aren't your fault. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. You know, we yeah. all, you know, it's it's because of something. Yeah. I don't think we come here innately bad. Um any of us, you know, I think we come with a lot of hope and when we're born and Yeah. I and then, agree. you know, life kind of takes a toll, but it's not our it's not your fault. Not yeah. our fault. Yeah, what a what a powerful message. It's not your fault. And I, I think that, that, you know, how it empowered you when you just heard Oprah say those words, I think someone hearing it now is going to feel the same way I from you. So. Because I hope they, so. Because your story is amazing. Like traumatic at the same time, you know, heart-wrenching, but amazing how all these little things towards the end here have yeah. led to what you're doing now. And, you know, people I think who don't know you and to see you, they'd be like, Oh, she's got a perfect life. She's perfect. Yeah, I know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. No, I know. And we all have a, a past, but even even I. I mean, I knew you had some things, but man, you know, I'm just like, you know, I love lot. you even more hearing this oh, story. I just sit there nice and go, "Wow, time. you're amazing," of how you've overcome this, you know. And I, I don't know. I just think I'm so grateful you shared it with us today. Thank you. It's amazing. I think one of the best compliments I ever got in my whole life was from. Yeah. Um, a friend that works at the in-between and she told me um, the best thing about she's saying this to me the best thing about you is you can find something in common with anybody and I just thought oh that meant so much to me because I hope that's what I hope that's my hope yeah you know is that I can find something in common with anybody and just I just want to make people feel better yeah that I meet every day you know and that they're not alone yeah well, you do a good job at that, and uh, I hope uh, that this uh, belief cast that you've shared in your story today will get to thousands and thousands of people. We do have a quite a big following, so this is going to be exciting. I hope so. Because I because I, I know there's some people out there who are going through a tough time, and uh, that's why I do this is to bring amazing people like you to come share your story of overcoming something like you have. And uh, so, thanks for the vulnerability today. Yeah, thanks, <clears throat> thanks for having me, Todd. So if, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> if someone wanted to reach out to you, if you're comfortable sharing, what would be the best way for them to do that? If they wanted to maybe ask you a question or if maybe they're, they're hurting and they just want to ask Chrissy something. Um, I guess you could shoot me an email. It's probably the best way. Okay. Um, what's your email? <laughs> it's Chris, C-H-R-I-S-M-E-T, the number 10 at gmail.com. Great. Great. Well, there you go. You know, um, and if you could give a challenge to everyone's listening right now, I mean, you've given a lot of advice, but if there's a challenge, I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but is there a challenge you could give our listeners to, you know, you know, share their light or whatever that would brighten their day? I would say really just look at, look inside, see what needs to change. Like, I think that's so hard for people to really just dig in and look into their life, especially people that are struggling. Yeah. And be okay with, with what's going on and then try to change it a little. Yeah. Um, reach out to people to get help um, if you need help. Right. I think everybody needs help. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I think even people that think they're okay need help. <laughs> yes. I'm a big believer in finding help. Yeah. So I would say, you know, if you need help, just do it. Yeah. Just reach out to somebody. Beautiful. And, um, and know you're not alone. Yeah. Everybody's got crap. Everyone. Everybody. Yeah. Nobody's going to escape it. Yeah. Great challenge. Great advice. If I could um, ask you to, to read that out loud, 
Sure. <laughs> it says the most delightful surprise in life is to suddenly recognize there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah, I like to end my That's so true. Believe cast with that. And there's nothing wrong there's with nothing you. Nothing wrong. Despite what you've been through. Yeah. Didn't mean like you said, it's not your fault. Nothing wrong. Ultimately you're you are always who you always have been. Mm -hmm. Um, despite what you've been through. But boy, you sure have overcome something um really hard, but but you 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 inspire me oh, as I'm Bob. hearing this. It inspires me to want to be better and to help other people and to just reach out as much as I possibly can. More, more than more, more than, than, than normal. <laughs> <laughs> more than normal. But I I want to thank you for taking the time. Yeah, um, you truly are inspiring, and uh, just thank you. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, you're welcome, Todd. Man, this was awesome, man. I'm just like blown away. Oh, truly it's a blown lot. away. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> Well, there you go, folks. Um, another amazing story for you guys to be inspired by. Um, please share this with anyone you might know that is struggling with, uh, whether it's abuse or or just feeling like they're less than. Um, share this because you know, Chrissy's story will inspire them to rise above and be better. Um, I love your support. I love you guys so much for this opportunity. Chrissy, thanks again. And uh, please reach out to her, you know, send her in send her a question on her email ask her anything obviously she's an open book <laughs> and she loves to talk <laughs> and, uh, so there you go thank you so much Chrissy, for your time yeah, thank you, okay until next time see you guys